little side note, but I was reading, seen it somewhere, that it was a good reminder. I was reminded again while I was praying. Oh, it was a it was a quote by Robert Murray McShane. He was a Scottish preacher. And uh, kind of like, I think McShane, McShane kind of like uh, Charles Spurgeon, he didn't write anything of his own, but other people wrote what he said, and they've published it and things. But um, one of the things he said about facing, if something on the lines of, being able to face things if we knew that Jesus Christ was in the next room praying for us. Amen. How that we, we could face things, but then he, he went on to remind us that according to Romans chapter 8, <laughs> he does make intercession for us, and he is making intercession for us, for the saints of God. Amen. And um, let's see here. Verse 22 of Romans 8, For we know that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain together until now. And not only they, but ourselves also, which have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves groan within ourselves, waiting for the adoption to wit, the redemption of our body. For we are saved by hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For what a man seeth, why doth he, for what a man seeth, why doth he yet hope for? But if we hope... For that which we see not, for that we see not, then do we with patience wait for it. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searches the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. And so he's on the right hand. Oh, yeah, verse number 34. Well, back up. Verse number 31. What shall we say then to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not... With him also freely give us all things. Who shall lay anything to the charge uh, to to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifieth. Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died. Yea, rather that is risen again. Who is even at the right hand of God? Who also maketh intercession for us. So he currently him and the Spirit of God maketh intercession for us. And so, and he even told Peter. Say, Peter, Satan had desired to sift you like wheat, but I prayed for you. <laughs> and he prays for you. He prays for me. Get a hold of that and he'll help you. <clears throat> Especially in these times. What a blessing. 
All right. I don't know how far we'll get. I kind of wanted to reiterate. Just I was looking over it, trying to see where we're at, but because uh, we kind of went two weeks now without this, and of course, the last time we 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 dealt with this, uh, it was good. The purpose of God in in relation to redemption, the purpose of God. So God purposing, and we dealt with Him choosing. And it's in the scriptures. And we, we got into, not only he makes the choices, but again, he's the sovereign God and he can do what he wants to, choose who he wants to, set his affections upon who he wants to. But people go to seed on one side of it and then they get off in their doctrine. And then on the flip side of it, people just can't come to God anytime they want to. People go to seed on that side of it and they get off in their doctrine. And I, I like the way that we dealt with it, the way that it's dealt with here in this book and the way that we believe it and the way that we see it according to the scriptures is that, you know, God chooses, God passes by. And I, I remember being in services when God was not lost and God was not dealing with me, but maybe he was dealing with the teenager, the friend that was sitting next to me, maybe somebody you know, older or younger that was in the church services that I was lost, but he didn't deal with me that day. He didn't pass by my way that day. He passed by their way that day. He chose them that day. He called them that day. It was a general calling like we discussed, but it wasn't that personal calling like they felt in their heart. But then, thank the Lord, he dealt with me personally. On it, again, at least three different occasions, and the third one I responded. So, I'm not going to deal with the the first part of what we dealt with the last time, but the application of the um, of the purpose of God in redemption. I will go over this again, and because it talks about that general or the proof of it, and then the general you know content and so on and so forth, and that a general call general invitation or call, and then we're going to get into the factual invitation or call. So we're going to rehearse the general invitation or call and then get on into the next one. So the application of the purpose of God in redemption or his elective grace has a twofold application. Again, the first one is in general in a general invitation or call. And we went to, and I can just go through this kind of fast, and then we'll get because we have went over this before, and I can just kind of read down through here. The proof of it in Isaiah 45, 22, the general invitation. This is to everybody. Look unto me and be ye saved, all the ends of the earth. For I am God and there is none else. That's a general call to everybody. Isaiah 55, 6, Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. And we dealt with that. Matthew eleven twenty eight. We were there as well. It's a very familiar passage here. Come unto me all, A-double-L, all ye. That labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Again, a general call to everybody, general invitation. 
The content of the general invitation, of course, John 12, 32 as well. The, dec- the declaration of the plan of salvation in 1 Corinthians uh, 15. We dealt with this. And we'll do it again. 1 Corinthians 15, because some of you wasn't here two weeks ago. 1 Corinthians 15, verses 3 and 4. For I delivered unto you first of all that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the Scriptures. And, of course, it talks about him being seen in his resurrected body. But, again, the declaration of the plan of salvation. Romans chapter 1 and verse 16. Again, we a very familiar passage. Romans 1, 16. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to every one that believeth to the Jew first and also to the Greek. So the general invitation is a declaration of the plan of salvation, the declaration of the sinner's obligation to repent and believe. Here's Acts 17. Uh, The declaration of the sinner's obligation to repent and believe. Again, a a general call or a general invitation. Acts 17, verses 30. And 31, and at the times of this ignorance God winked at, but now commandeth all men everywhere to repent, because he hath appointed a day in the which he will judge the world in righteousness, that by man whom he hath ordained, whereof he hath given assurance unto all men, in that he raised him from the dead." Amen. Yes, sir. That's right. Yes, sir. In John chapter 3, and we, we know this, but 16 through 18, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world, see, that's all-inclusive that the world through him might be saved. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And then, so, do what? And he that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life, and he that believeth on the Son shall not see life. He that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. So the general invitation or call includes the declaration of the plan of salvation, the declaration of the sinner's obligation to repent and believe, and then the declaration of impelling motives such as fear or hope, remorse or gratitude. And that's where we talked about pulling, you know, uh, pulling them from the fire there in Jude and 23, pulling in fear, reaching out to the general population in fear, pulling them out of the fire. Uh, And others, let's back up to the sentence. And of some have compassion making a difference, and others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garment spotted by the flesh. And there's fear. And then hope was 2 Corinthians 5, 11. 2 Corinthians 5, 11, Knowing, therefore, the terror of the Lord, we persuade men, 
but we are made manifest unto God, and I trust also are made manifest in your consciences. And then bless you. Uh, while we're there, Second uh, Corinthians seven ten. Second Corinthians, for godly sorrow worketh repentance to salvation, not to be repented of, but the sorrow of the world worketh death. So there's sorrow and there's fear, and then uh, let's see here. Romans 2, 4. Romans 2, 4. Or despisest thou the riches of his goodness and forbearance and longsuffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance? And then Romans 8, 24. I think I've already read this one. For we are saved by hope. No, I hadn't. But hope that is seen. Yeah. Hope that is seen is not hope. For what a man seeth, why doth he yet hope for? So again, the general invitation or call includes the declaration of the plan of salvation, the declaration of the sinner's obligation to repent and believe, and the declaration of impelling motives such as fear or hope, remorse or gratitude. And finally, the declaration of conditional acceptance promised. Conditional acceptance is promised. And this declaration here in John 1 Verses 11 and 12. I remember reading this. So like I said, we rehearsed this, but just to kind of catch us back up, John 1 and others wasn't here. He came into his own, and his own received him not, but as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Let's go ahead and finish the sentence. Which were born not of blood, nor of the will of flesh, nor of the will of man, whose will? (laughs) But of God. Not only his will, he's just his, his power and everything else. Born of God. All right, so the medium of it. And we, we discussed this. The medium, again, we're talking about the purpose of God in redemption. So the general invitation, and the, the content of it, now the medium of it, which is the word of God. And we, A.A. Uh, a. Hodge, this might be where we kind of we got to. A.A. A. Hodge again. The law of God as impressed upon the moral constitution of man is natural and is inseparable from man as a moral responsible agent. And he gives scripture reference. But the gospel is no part of that natural law. It is of grace, not of nature, and it can be made known to us only by a special and supernatural revelation. This is further evident first because the scriptures declare that a knowledge of the word is essential to salvation. Let's go ahead and read those references. 2 Timothy 3.15 And that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. So again, the word of God is essential to salvation. And in Romans 10.14-17 and second, because they are also declare that those who neglect the word, either written or preached, are guilty of the imminent sin of rejecting all possibility of salvation. And since we're near Hebrews, let's go to Hebrews first. Hebrews 2 and verse 3. How shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord 
and was confirmed unto us by them that heard him. And then Matthew 11. Matthew 11, 21 and 22. Let's go back up. Then began he to upbraid the cities wherein most of his mighty works were done because they repented not. Woe unto thee, Cherazin, woe unto thee, Bethsaida. For if the mighty works which were done in you had been done in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago in sackcloth and ashes. But I say unto you, it shall be more tolerable tolerable for Tyre and Sidon at the day of judgment than for you. So again, that was they're guilty of sin and if you reject it and uh, guilty of the imminent sin of rejecting the possibility of salvation. Now, again, by the outline, the general invitation, the proof of it, the content of it, the medium of it, which is the Word of God, and the objects of it, all men indiscriminately. So the general call goes out to all men indiscriminately because we done said to uh, uh, the Jew and the Gentile uh, Jew and the Greek so but here it is uh, to express the express declaration of the scripture Matthew since we're there Matthew 22 Matthew 22 verse 14 woe unto you scribes and Pharisees hypocrites for you devour widows houses and for a pretense, make long prayer, therefore ye shall receive the greater damnation. So the objects of it, let's see, um, the express declaration of the scripture. I say, yeah, 14. The command to preach the gospel to every creature, Mark 16, 15, very familiar. Uh, and he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. So this, again, that general call, we're responsible to go. The promise to everyone who accepts it, Revelation 22 and 17. This is the promise to everyone that accepts it. And the Spirit and the bride say, Come, and let him that heareth say, Come, and let him that is athirst come, and whosoever will... Right again, whosoever... We see the whosoever will throughout the scriptures. Whosoever will, let him take the water of life freely. It's a free gift for whosoever will. And that call goes out. And what pains, this is not in here. What pains Christians and why, and it pains those. And it hurts, really does. Put out that general invitation, especially when you're in the position, you know, Brother Glenn teaching the Sunday school and in scriptures that's talking about salvation and talking about the judgment to come. And then when the you know when the preacher gets up on the pulpit, be me, whether it be me or Brother Pearson or Brother Shock or whoever here lately, whoever stands here beyond me gets up here and puts out the call week after week. And we have had some to come, but week after week to see them go right out the door the way that they came in and knowing that if they should go out the door and die between now and the next opportunity they heard, you know, they had to hear the gospel, 
then where their destination is. And, and, and again, it goes back to that Jude uh, verse of Scripture, you know, because we know what their destination is, and it just pains us. It should drive us to our knees. It should drive tears in our, our tear ducts, and I pray for tears again. That broken and contrite heart, that's not only of the sinner in salvation, I believe, God will not despise that broken and contrite heart of a sinner calling out to God for salvation, but he's not going to despise a broken and contrite heart of us calling a sinner's name out. Getting a burden for sinners, getting a burden for our nation, our country, our world. God help us. Help me. All right, so uh, let's see here. So that's the promise to everyone who accepts it and the judgment pronounced upon those who reject it. We have already been there in 17, 18, but this it goes on to verse 19. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He that believeth not is condemned. He that believeth on him is not condemned. But he that believeth on him, nope, he that believeth not whew, is condemned already because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation. <clears throat> that light has come into the world, and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. So the judgment pronounced upon those who reject it. Judgment's coming. I, I preached a message condemned already here at Island Ford years, uh, years ago now. Condemned already. And I... And I took the word condemned, and I took the word, and I'm not cussing, I took the word damned. You know, and people use it as a byword. But they're not really realizing what they're saying when they, I mean, if they got the true definition, you know, if something be damned, that's condemned, and that's condemned everlastingly, and that's condemned eternally, and that's condemned in a, such a punishment, you know, somebody was talking about war, and war is war, and I wish we live in too soft of a society, and maybe it's because of my background. I don't know, but I, I am realistic. But uh, somebody was talking about, oh, it was on one of the talk, Talking Head shows today. One of our congressmen who served in the military had a sergeant who said that war... You know, so it's been taught that war is hell, and, and the sergeant says, no, war is not hell be, uh, uh, because um, in hell it is justifiably for the damned, for the guilty. But then the, in war, many times innocents are killed. He said war is worse than hell. That's what he said. But when he said that, I'm like, you don't really realize the punishment that's going to be in hell. And yes, it's for those that's guilty and for those that do not believe in the only begotten word of, uh, the only begotten, yeah, Son of God. In the name of the only begotten Son of God, there we go. But at the same time, they're not factoring in in that statement that the old sergeant wasn't factoring in eternity. John Newton's song says, when we've been there 10,000 years, bright shining as the sun, we've no less days of seeing God's praise 
than when it just begun. That's just 10,000 years into it. We're talking eternity, 10,000 times 10,000 and beyond. We're going to be praising the Lord, but those in hell are going to be suffering eternally. Forever and ever. You, the, the, the little symbol for eternity or the sideways figure eight. You're just going to keep going and going and going and going. And there's no end to it. And that's why it's so hard. Because we understand the truths of the word of God. And we can be thankful that we've believed, but at the same time, and people on, on the other side of this, they look at us like, you know, you guys are crazy. It's just that we believe the word of God and we know what it says that your end will be in not believing. God help us. All right, now here's where we want to get to. <laughs> so that was the general call. That's to everybody. <clears throat> now the effectual call. Let's bring it on down. So the, mean, the, the effectual invitation... That's an invitation to you. So I can get up here and I can say, y'all come over to my house on Saturday night. We're going to have a weenie roast and some chili and you know, some games, some dominoes and so on and so forth. That's everybody call. Or, and, and I have invited some people over individually. It's not the whole church. And it's not that I don't love the whole church. But... Lord put it upon me to call, invite an individual or an individual family, not the whole church. It's not that I love everybody. There's times for an, a, you know, a general call, but then there's times that it's just a personal call. The effectuals, the effectual invitation, so the meaning of, a, of the effectual invitation, by the effectual invitation or call is meant that exercise of that exercise of divine power upon the soul, immediate, spiritual and supernatural, which communicates a new spiritual life in nature and thus makes a new mode of spiritual activity possible and desirable. He's speaking to the individual, which show, make, makes, how does it put it there? Which makes a new mode of spiritual activity possible. It's not possible until he speaks to you. And you don't desire it until he speaks to you. It's not possible and you don't desire it until he speaks to you. Repent, let's see. Uh, repentance, faith, trust, hope, love are purely and simply the sinner's own acts. But as such are possible and desirable only in the virtue of the change wrought in the moral condition of his faculties by the rec uh, recreative power of God. At this place, three erroneous views are noted. So he talks about the erroneous views. There's some erroneous views out there. One of them is the Armenian view. One of them is the Pelagian view. And the other is the semi-Pelagian view. I'm not going to go into all that. And again, that's the the I just we've already semi discussed it is that whensoever 
It's not whensoever. It's whosoever. You have to be receive that individual call to come. And don't neglect the call when it comes. He's speaking to you. He's giving you a personal invitation. He's passing by your way. You know, out of all, you know, in the scriptures, and maybe the Lord will allow me to preach along those lines. You've got to kind of sort of be careful. But I think the Lord helped me do that. Preachers have been doing it for years. But in the Gospels, when Jesus passed by, whether he passed by the blind Bartimaeus on the road or he passed by Zacchaeus up a tree or he passed by several others that passed by the funeral, touched the beard that was, and raised the sun. There was different accounts in the, in the New Testament scriptures while he was on the earth doing miracles and preachers will take those miracles that he done on the earth and preach salvation from them, and that's fine. I get it, but you got to be careful. That's all I'm saying. You know, and sometimes people get up and testify, and they'll testify, and here's where and here's where you got to be careful is because if how preachers uh, demonstrate those accounts in and 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 in salvation then somebody sitting out there in the pew of some lost sinner said well you know he's got to do it this way i got to get up a tree before he comes by my way no you don't zacchaeus had to get up three because he was a short man <laughs> you got to recognize that you're blind i mean i mean and then he just told blind bartimaeus he goes as thou wilt and it was he was seen but there was another blind man that he, he spit on the ground and made some clay. And he put the clay on his eyes and told him to go wash. Same, two, same, same problem, both of them were blind, but they had two different ways to be healed. And again, again, if you preach salvation of those, people could get confused. And where people could get confused is, I made a profession in faith. Stand and testify. I made a profession. What, what is your first profession? How old were you? Made a profession when I was 16 years old. You know, thought I was good. Thought I was going to go to heaven. But at, I don't want to say her age now. <laughs> Later on in life, God showed me that I was lost. And I came and I got saved and I testified. I had it in my head and I didn't have it in my heart. But I got it in my heart now. Woo, glory to God. But then, you know, testif- you know testifying. So raised in a Baptist church and, you know, whatever. Or at least... Then raised in the Catholic Church. And then, you know, dealing with me when I was a young girl and wanting to get saved in my bedroom, God wouldn't let me, or whatever your testimony might be, 14-year-old boy going to Church of Christ one weekend, Baptist Church the next weekend. Each of us has a different testimony, and where some people, you know, some people come up shouting, some people come up crying, some people just, you know, get up and... They don't have no many, much emotion. I know a couple, <laughs> a couple that come out and forward, and and uh, the prayer benches are kind of locked on the edge of the <clears throat> the platform. Out and forward, they come and they bowed over here together. Both got saved that morning. Got up, no emotion. Went back to the pew. The pr- brother Hall didn't know that they got saved. They didn't say anything. They just went back to the pew. Come back that night. And then they declared that they got saved that morning. So we, but there was no emotion in their lives. 
just the way their, their personality was. But where the lost sinner sat out there and said, well, this, this must be how you got to get it. You got to be Catholic first, <laughs> or you got to be an old drunk first, or you got to be a harlot first, or you got to be. No, you don't. He will meet you where you're at Amen. in your condition. Blind man, lame man, leprous man, dead man, short man. <laughs> Amen. He will meet you where you're at in your condition, but when he comes and stops at your place, there's when you need to respond. That's the key. So, how I got off of that. Anyway. All right, so the proof of the effectual invitation. We'll go through these and get down to there and we'll be done. Okay, so the proof. There are passages which distinguish the Spirit's special influences from the general invitation contained in the Word. John chapter 6. There's three scriptures here. Again, this is not the everybody call. This is the individual call. And when he calls you is when you need to to respond. So uh, John chapter 6, verse number 45. Well, let's back up to 44. We just might as well grab that one. No man can come. See, here it is. Even though the general call goes out to everybody, no man can come. To me, except the Spirit which has sent me, well, I'm sorry, except the Father which has sent me, draw him, and I will raise him up at the last day. It is written in the prophets, and they shall be all taught of God. Every man therefore that hath heard and hath learned of me, the Father cometh unto me. Uh, where are we at? I lost my place. Okay. 64, but there are some of you that believe not, for Jesus, well, back up, let's go ahead and grab that. All right, verse number 61, when Jesus knew in himself that the disciples murmured at it, he said unto them, doth this offend you? What and if ye shall see the Son of Man ascend up from where he was before? Two where I'm sorry, up where he was before, okay. It is the spirit that quickeneth the flesh. I'm sorry, quickeneth. The flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. But there are some of you that believe not. For Jesus knew from the beginning who they were that believed not from the beginning. And who should betray him. And he said, therefore, and he said, therefore said I unto you that no man can come unto me except it were given unto him by my Father. So again, there are passages that distinguish the Spirit's special influence from the general call. First Thessalonians, chapter number one. First Thessalonians 1, verses 5 and 6. For our gospel came not unto you in word only, 
but also in the power and in in power and in the Holy Ghost and in much assurance, as ye know what manner of men we were among you for your sake. And ye became followers of us and of the Lord, having received the word in much affliction with joy of the Holy Ghost. So it has to come in in the Holy Ghost. It comes in power and in the Holy Ghost. And then John 3, 5 and 6. Verily, ver- Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Ephesians 1. And verse 17. Back up, let's see here. Verse 15, Wherefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and love unto all the saints, cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my, uh, in my prayers, that the God of our, of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you, now give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. So the Father has got to give you the Spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge. He's got to open your eyes. See, that's how the blind man can be preached. You know, and and that's how the dead man can be preached because we were dead in trespasses and sins. We were blind and we are in darkness. And then so the sun may shine in the firmament and shine in vain. When a man is blind, but when his eyes are opened, then he discerns the light that shines around him. So it is exactly with us. Though the sun of righteousness shines before us through Jesus Christ, or uh, before us, though Jesus Christ, is it though or through? There's not an R in that one. That might be a misprint. Jesus Christ is evidently set forth crucified among us, yet our natural understandings are blinded and we require the illumination of the Holy Spirit to open our eyes that we may discern Christ as at first out, uh, as our salvation. And then we need increasing light to behold more and more clearly the character of our Lord and Savior. All right, a couple more here. Those passages which ascribe the credit to God for man's repentance and faith. Ephesians 2, we're right there. Ephesians 2, verse 8. For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Again, so it ascribes credit to God for man's repentance. It's a gift of God. Grace and faith. Not of yourselves, it's a gift of God. Uh, Philippians 2. Verse 13, on the sea further. For it, is a, for it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do his good pleasure. God working in you. Let's go on to the next one. Those passages which makes distinctions between the subjects of the two calls. All right. 
of the subjects of the general invitation, it is said, many be called, there's a general call, but few are chosen. (laughs) And there's the effectual call. Um, Of the subjects of the effectual invitation, it is said, whom he called them, he also justified. Romans 8.30. Of the subjects of the first, it is said, because I have called and ye have refused. Proverbs 1.24. Let's turn and read that one. Proverbs 1. Twenty-four. Because I have called and ye refused, I have stretched out my hand and no man regarded. But ye have set at naught all my counsel and would none of my reproof. I also will laugh at your calamity. I will mock when you fear when your fear cometh, when your fear cometh as desolation and your destruction cometh as a whirlwind, when distress and anguish cometh upon you. So again, of the subjects, see, where was that? Um, of the subjects of the first, it is said. Okay. Of the subjects of the second, it is said, every man, that was the uh, effectual invitation. Okay. Of the subjects of the effectual invitation, it is said. Okay. And then of the subjects of the second, it is said, every man therefore who hath learned of the Father cometh unto me. John six forty five. All right. So some rejected, some came. Uh, and then finally, there is an absolute ne- uh, necessity for such an effectual spiritual call, for man by nature is blind and dead in trespasses and sins. And I've kind of already said that. But let's read it, 1 Corinthians 2.14. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him, neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. Um, and then Second Corinthians four four. Back verse three. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. And then finally Ephesians two and verse one. Very familiar. And you hath he quickened, who were dead in trespasses and sins, wherein in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversation in times past, in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. But we want to get to the part where he, we were dead in trespasses and sin. But he had to quicken us. He had to. We couldn't, again, going back to the Gospels, again, all kinds of typology there. When they were carrying the dead, the, you know, the son out and he was in the casket, they were headed out to the cemetery. 
Could he by himself get up out of that casket? No. He was dead. Could Lazarus by himself get up out of that great tomb? No. Jesus had to call, Lazarus, come forth. He had to call. That's exactly right. And the final doctrinal statement, we're done. The scriptures teach that to certain individuals there is given an inward experience through the power of the Holy Spirit imparting to them a sense of personal sin, inclining and enabling them to turn in repentance from sin and faith to Christ, and in faith to Christ, i.e. they teach an effectual invitation or call. The call that we teach, whosoever will may come. See, that's it. When I'm preaching up here, I'm preaching whosoever. I'm not the Holy Spirit. And again, and I know that there could be a half dozen sinners in the church and they've never made a profession. Their lives reflect that they're a sinner. (laughs) I preach the gospel whosoever will. But then the Holy Spirit is the one that deals with them, takes the general invitation and brings it down personal. Takes the general invitation and makes it effectual. And then it's your responsibility when he speaks to your heart to move during that time. Yes, sir. Right? It was getting serious with him. Right. You know, we see so many people in church today, and I'm not criticizing, but it's just a fact that where you go to church, right. it's not too much concerned about the coming of, of the Lord right. and the coming of judgment. They're not too concerned mm-hmm. about it. And that's what the Holy Ghost does in a, in a, in a message, is he makes it concerning and discerning. Right. Puts that fear in them and gives them hope <laughs> at the same time. <laughs> right, right. Yes, sir. Right. Right. Amen. Amen. Because the Lord shook his house. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Never put a burden on my heart for you. And I said, Sorry, Pastor. 
me on Sunday, I have, I just have a thought, I haven't put it, anything together yet to pray for me, that it'll come out like it's in my heart, <laughs> and has been for a week and a half now, kind of sort of musing on it, and uh, pray that the Lord will 